This is a Dauntless Media Collective podcast. Visit dauntless.fm for more content. I regret to inform you, you're on Chapel Probation, a podcast that takes a critical look at evangelical colleges and universities. I'm your host, Scott Okamoto. Greetings, reprobates. So this is the final episode of season two, I think. Uh, I have a couple after-hours episodes that uh, I will spread out until the finale, which will be a Valentine's Day anti-purity culture episode. Stay tuned for that. But today's guest is one of the most memorable students I had, and you'll see why. Devo Mathias introduced himself after the first class uh, in freshman writing, and he seemed to me to be a being who woke up in the wrong dimension. Nothing around him seemed to make sense. So naturally, I felt like I related to him immediately, because on most days, I felt exactly the same way. Devo was obviously a bright, creative kid at 18, but he was already deep into deconstructing his faith, and he had figured out the bullshit of evangelical culture. So his worldview simply did not make any sense uh, in, in the context of the APU vibe. The thing I hope we conclude here is this. Devo, uniquely creative as he was, was not the one who was off or in the wrong world. No, it was them. It was them. I'll I'll go by I'll go by my internet name that I had to develop before I went to APU, which was Davo Matthias. Uh, I can go by that. That's how you can find me on Instagram. Okay. But. Uh, but I was there. I mean, my, okay. My real name is David Matthew Olson. Uh, so I don't care. It's the same thing, but, uh, I had to adopt a moniker before I even went to APU to hide my internet sins before I was even a student. Uh, but I went there from 2007, started in fall 2007 and I graduated in w- fall uh, I did five, five and a half years, I believe, because I, I was a double major. So I was there until end of 2020. Uh, I graduated, yeah, until end of 2011. I, or maybe I did four and a half years. I did an extra semester for my double major. I think that was it. And oh, yes, nice. I was uh, started out as an English major and then I added business administration because I was uh, thought I should get something. A bit, a bit more market friendly, so to speak. Something useful. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I definitely, le- I definitely liked the English department a lot more than the business department. The business department was yeah. not fun. Yeah, they're a bunch of assholes. Yep. Um, <laughs> um, Christian capitalists. Which the, concentration? The worst of both worlds in my eyes. Yeah, serious. <laughs> it's like capitalism for Jesus. Yep, exactly. <laughs> um, what what concentrate? Were you a writing? Right. Yeah, creative writing was my concentration for English. I had a feeling. Yeah. Yeah, you're the first student I ever had in freshman writing that came in already having published, um, was it McSweeney's? Was yeah, that well, that happened. That happened in freshman year, like in my first semester. Yeah. I had, uh, but it yeah. was, it's not full publishing because it was, um, 
it was on their internet web thing, but it's still, yeah. but, uh, I will but say it was a thing, man. Yeah. The funniest part about that was my story was called, so you found daddy's meth lab. And it was like this like yeah. letter right. that a dad leaves in his meth lab in the garage. That's right. And funny enough, like it, I, that came out in like, I think they published that maybe October, November of 07 and breaking bad premiered like a month later. Yeah. So I like to say that I was like, yep. I was kind of like on that zeitgeist that I was writing stories yeah. about dad's cooking meth, uh, before breaking bad even dropped. So I feel, <laughs> I remember thinking that I remember thinking that when breaking bad came out, I was like, Oh shit. I remember when Dave, yeah. Table did <laughs> like they should have hired so. me as a writer or something. I should have dropped should've. out and started writing for breaking bad, but that didn't happen. Yeah. Oh well. What is so? Yeah. May I ask what yeah, is your ahead. I what is your status? When? How long were you in the uh, ground zero, so to speak? When? When did you fully break ties? I quit uh, at the end of 2013. So okay. I made it one year past you. Okay. Um. Yeah, they were gonna fire me. Sure, and I remember then, you being on notice back when I was <laughs> like back. Yeah, in no, I was in trouble every semester. Yeah, <laughs> um, but yeah, they didn't even know the half of it. Actually, really, I'm sure. <laughs> what was um, it? What would they get mad at? Yeah. Was it that you were being? Was it the poli- political Liberal, stuff? Most, yeah. Just, yeah, yeah. Initially, it was like the political stuff, and then the Haven kids, the the gay straight alliance that became Haven. Okay. Um, brought me in to be just support them and uh, of course word it was secret but word gets out you know students told on me just because um, you were we just because you were working with the gay the gay straight alliance oh my god that's insane yeah no that, that was a big no-no wow no supporting lgbtqia kids um, yeah, yeah and i so. i remember that that was i mean that was to me the weirdest thing that that like I mean, okay, we also have to put it in context. It, back in like 08 or 09, even Hillary and Obama were saying like marriages. So we were living in a different yeah. world back then. Yeah, it was. But it was still insane that they would like fire teachers. If Like I remember, I don't want to yeah. snitch on anyone, but uh, one of my jobs, <laughs> I had a few student jobs. And let's just say one of my bosses or whatever was – was gay and we all knew it but this person was too afraid to to say that like and and it was like they knew they knew that we had no problem and we never snitch and they were very open what they were open about smoking weed and they talked about that stuff but they were too afraid to say that like even admit because they were so terrified that if we accidentally someone overhears uh, like and that it really felt like you're living in fucking hiding where it's like come on i know i know you're gay we all know you're gay we're not gonna snitch on you please no one i can't let this leak or i'm sorry if i curse should i not curse on this i mess i I will try not to you can fucking curse all you want i put the explicit tag on (laughs) okay perfect all right yeah nice it's just language you know um so you didn't come to APU as some like on fire Christian. You you came because your mom worked at the school. Is, do I have that right? Yeah, like I was raised Christian. I went to a private Christian school near near APU called Sunrise Christian oh. School. Um, but my family was always like like my dad. He got hooked on opioids really young, and that like we lost all. Our, so I went to a private Christian school, but we we were always like the charity case that like got free tuition. It was like. 
they knew we were poor. So uh, I ended up getting kicked out of eighth grade Christian school because I saw the movie Fight Club and I I decided to do all these like pranks at the end of the year, uh, and then and then they put out a bounty for <laughs> they put out a reward and all the kids snitched on me, so I missed my eighth grade graduation. So I was rebelling against Jesus back in eighth grade, but I still went to uh, when I then I went to Charter Oak High School near APU public school, and. Um, I, I still went to the youth group at Christ Church of the Valley. So I was like being pretty Christian up until I was like 16. It was mostly I wanted okay. to meet the cute girls. It was like where all the cute girls were going. Uh, but I would say I was pretty on fire for God when I was like in seventh or eighth grade. That was my probably because I was going through much stuff with my family. My dad was a drug addict. Yeah. Parents split up. And I was going to youth the youth groups at CCV. That was probably when I was at my most, you know, full full blown uh, Jesus freak. And then I'd say in high school, I became I still believed in God and Jesus. And it wasn't until I switched to Damien High School, the Catholic school in Laverne. I switched to there in senior year, and that was when I first started questioning God. I can even remember being in the parking lot. Like I remember the exact moment I was in the parking lot hanging out after school and being like, you know, I, 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 I vibe with Jesus, but I really don't think he's like the son of God, man. Like I don't believe in heaven and hell. I remember a bunch of us talking about that in senior year. So I was like coming into APU early. It was like the beginning of my agnosticism. Uh, but then within one semester of APU with all the chapel and uh, the th- those alpha groups uh, that they make freshmen yeah. go in, that was when I became And then like, you became on fire for God and Jesus, and uh, you're a pastor now. Um, well, I, I do, went do, hardcore do I atheist. Right? Yeah. Like, I, w- I did no, the I cliche. Just, I just messed yeah, I know, up. but I did, like, <laughs> I did the cliche. I look back at it, it's, I see it as cringe because it's such a cliche thing, like freshman year in college reading, you know, Richard Dawkins and being like, there's no God, and I'm an atheist. And <laughs> so I went really hardcore atheist, and I remained that through most of my time at APU, um, I remember <laughs> I was such a troll that in the whatever the senior thesis class is, it's like a philosophy or whatever. And I ended up doing something like defending the devil. I was like, oh, well, actually, the <laughs> devil's like a cool angel because he's but it was yeah. me, just me being a contrary. Misunderstood. But I, my, I, I did have a, a point to it, which was that I I try to do it through the, George Carlin. I try to say I'm going to use George Carlin's yeah. humor and try to prove that yeah. you can have morality as an atheist and that, and like, yeah. and uh, it's not, but I look back at that as really cringe because now that I'm a bit older and I've read more about literal Satanism, I really find that of evil. I don't like it anymore when people are like, <laughs> I worship the devil. I'm like, that's not cool. It's really not. So I, I've actually <laughs> become more Christian and stuff since in recent <laughs> years, but I was in hardcore atheist oh. mode the whole time at APU. Yeah, yeah. Well, there's there's actually a um, a Church of Satan in America now that they don't really worship Satan. They literally just exist to troll yeah. uh, Christians, and they do really good things. They you know they do homeless services and um, raise money for poor people. You know, it's so like yeah. they do all the things that Christians are supposed to be doing, um, and they just call themselves the Church of Satan. Yeah, yeah. So they can have like the the yeah the, the religious tax protections. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 Anyway, I do remember you very well, man. In freshman year, you know, you just looked like the fish out of water kid. You <laughs> yeah. know, just 
like, oh, fuck, I'm, in, I'm at this Christian school and going through this crisis of faith. And um, yeah, it seemed it seemed lonely. It seemed it was. Um, and it's funny that, but, you know, you call me a fish out of water, but I've been hanging out at APU for the past like 10 years before I went because my my mom, yeah. I think when I was it must have been when I was eight or nine, got a job. So. I would even work for APU sometimes. I used to do like videos for her department and stuff. Right. And uh, I used to go when they'd have like the kids night or whatever, where sometimes they'd have like a rock concert at APU where like kids could come. And I would, so I remember seeing like old Christian punk bands at APU when I was like 15 and stuff. Yeah. So I was very much, but yeah, by, by the time I went there, I felt so out of place. I was like, this is not where yeah. I belong. But it was the choice between get free tuition and go there or get a hundred K in debt going somewhere else. So yeah, at, I'm sure at times you had to wonder if that hundred K would have been worth it. I, um, well, for sure, <laughs> for sure. I do think that. And that's one thing I got to say is that, uh, I was going to tell you some of the stories of how I got traumatized at APU, but the like yeah. anti-creative traumatizing started even before I went there. And that's what I was hinting at with that. I, I go, I got this name Davo Matthias because I started making comedy videos when I was like 16 and like the year, like 2005, I was like early adopter, but I was doing like dirty comedy. Not, it wasn't intentionally like dirty, but I would say, you know, curse words or make some sex (gasps) jokes. And my mom would find those videos and then like yell at me and be like, you can't put this on the internet because if APU finds this, they won't let you in the school. If they find a video of you saying the F word on the internet, then you're not going to get into college. So like that was something that I never, I never like my mom and me were always at odds where I'd have to be hiding my content and trying to like, and then she'd find it and get mad and be like, you need to take this off the internet or you're never going to get into APU. So it really, before I even started, I felt like suffocated by their, you know, stuffiness and, and by the fact that they would kick you out of school for the most arbitrary things like language, like you, you can't even curse or yeah. you couldn't tell a sex joke uh, or you're, yeah. you're, you know, not APU material, let, you know, let alone if you actually have sex or, or <laughs> something, yeah. you know. Or if you know what sex is. Um. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's <laughs> supposed to be, uh, you know, you just cuddle until you, you graduate, and then I guess you get married and uh, Jesus delivers yeah. you a baby. That's the way APU. But, oh, well, speaking of... That's what, that's, yeah. <laughs> sex and APU is real creepy. Uh, there, that, that place, will, like, you know, not to compare to the Catholic Church or something, but there was a lot of creepiness going on at APU where... See boys who are seniors and they become spiritual mentors and they get a little yep. freshman girlfriend and they get yep. they're marrying them by sophomore year and that that I always found that shit creepy like that there was like legit like sexual predators all over that school and they were just like Christian yeah. twenty one year olds like yeah. preying on freshman girls through Jesus yeah. and that was so creepy yeah. The marriage was the best scenario. It's usually just you yeah, know, wasn't statutory it rape. Ring by spring. Um, that was like grooming. Yeah, yeah, that was the joke. So it was like a kind of joking, not joking. Yeah, it was serious. It's like um, ah, ring by spring. I got engaged in freshman year. It's yeah. like you're a child. Yeah, <laughs> and that's a man. <laughs> or like, I got invited to a lot of weddings. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's yeah, that's a perk. I did not go. I did not. Uh, couldn't do it. Yeah, yeah, I, I get it. 
I mean, I went to weddings post AP, and that was fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, if a freshman or sophomore invited me to their wedding, I was, uh, yeah, it's a bit like a child crazy. bride ceremony, kind of. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to. Yeah, I couldn't because I, you know, you know what the narrative is, right? It's what's that? They just there's just two young people that's the only way they can. Have oh sex, yeah, they're just so. horny. Yeah. And that so was the grossest thing that you'd see these guys. And then it's bad sex. So of course, but that was the grossest thing that you'd see these guys, good-looking guys, and yeah, they were sexually repressed. And then the way they thought they, they they can't even pick up a girl their own age. They just be, they would take on a mentorship yeah. role, like become a leader of an alpha group or whatever. And then yeah. all of a sudden they're dating Worship a freshman. Team. Yeah, and that was creepy as fuck to me. I saw it often. Yeah, and I'm sure you saw it even more. Yeah. Yeah, I just, so, you know, even though you grew up at APU, just the culture, especially in the freshman dorms, did you live in the dorms? You I lived, lived dorms. for one semester and it was a nightmare. I was barely there. <laughs> I was bar- I was in LA most of the time. I was my first, you know, year out of, out of the house. So, and I hated it in the dorms. I didn't get along with my roommate. It wasn't that we fought, yeah. but it was just weird vibes. He was a kind of weird yeah. guy. So I was there as little as possible, either just at friends' places until two in the morning, then I could just come home and crash, or I'd be out yeah. in LA doing comedy stuff. But I tried my best to avoid being in those dorms. I remember, I remember you telling me about your roommate, actually. Oh, really? It's funny. Okay. Yeah. I, I don't remember. Um, what did you remember what I said? Was I talking? Just you had a weird roommate yeah. that creeped you out or something. Yeah. Um, yeah. The image I have of freshman writing when you were in there. Because, you know, I had to play the role and and sort of break things down very gently about the realities of the big bad world out there to the freshmen. Yep. And I, I would be like sort of pandering to that. And just your face was just like, what the fuck? Like, <laughs> probably. where am I? Like, <laughs> probably. But I will say yeah. you were always my favorite professor. I mean, I only had you, I guess, for I don't know if I, I might have had a second class with you later on, maybe an elective class or something. But either way, meeting you in freshman year really saved my, my sanity there. You became uh-huh. like the one person that, you know, I like the one face I was glad to see. Like, yo, Okamoto, you hanging in there? Stay strong. Yeah. So we never yeah. like had to, I think we never had too many classes together, but I was always like grabbing coffee with you or stopping to yeah. chat with Totally. And I think you were that. I feel like we did to but, a lot of people. A lot of people saw you as their uh, one anchor to reality in the whole place. Uh, so you, yeah. Well, I saw you as the same. It was like, okay, here's someone who gets, you know, life, the world. Yeah, that's not not here, just totally buying into this APU bubble world. Yeah, and so it was like it was like being going outside of the matrix for a little bit when you know we would have coffee or hang out. Yeah. And I'm sure that I I was helping along uh, in the class. I'm sure I was being a uh, helping you along in the mission of trying to open everyone (laughs) up. I'm sure I was being a bit of a loud mouth in class too, and trying to provoke the class and stuff. So maybe I made it. Some some days I feel like some days you would just come in and just be like, "Oh shit, gotta listen to all this, you know, insipid madness." Um, And then some days, yeah, you would you would definitely lead the charge yeah well i always looked forward to your class i just was probably just depressed in general every time i set foot on campus i just felt you know suffocated so it was never anything about your class i was always uh, there was only no i knew your class and there was only one other teacher i really vibed with which was 
I liked his, he was a cool yeah. guy. When I took his like, yeah. literature class, we read a bunch of books and I always liked him. I, most of the other English professors, there was other nice people. I don't mean to talk shit on everyone, but I had some bad English professors where every, every book had to be looked through a Jesus lens and, you know, and everything was all about what can this teach us about why gay people are bad or whatever. And yeah. the only guy I felt like kind of taught a secular literature class where he didn't let mm-hmm. religion get in. And one of my coolest memories was actually he did a, when I was visiting Europe as a senior like as my last year, I, I did a three month Euro trip and I actually was out in Oxford doing a exchange semester and I went yeah. to meet him at Oxford and he took me to the pub where C.S. Lewis and J.R. Tolkien. Yeah. So we even yeah, had a cool little connection in London where he took me around Oxford and took me to that pub. We had a beer together, which is like forbidden. I, sh- I probably shouldn't snitch on him. Yeah. We were in England, but, you know, we had, could, oh, we're far away from APU. We can drink a beer, even, even yeah. though you're still in yeah. APU. I was 21 at the time, so and he knew I wouldn't snitch, but like... Uh, he was yeah. the only other teacher that did not just drive me insane. You, it was just you and yeah. him basically were the only ones I felt oh. like I could be myself around. And uh, everyone else, if I if I opened my mouth too much, they got really upset with me. Uh, like like the one I was telling you about my thesis class. I forget the name of that professor, but that guy hated me because I was always <laughs> I was always the thorn in his side, just being like, "Well, actually, religion's fucked up," and <laughs> he'd be so mad at me. Yeah, and, yeah. I think he tried to fail me. Wait, was that? An English professor? It was an English professor. Uh, I forget his name, but he was teaching. That's why you don't have to say He was teaching like whatever they called the senior thesis or class or whatever. Something about philosophy. It was something about, I think it was about the problem of evil or, or Christian ethics or something like that. It was, you know, the big... If you're an English major, you had to take this class and write a thesis paper. And, and yeah, my whole thing was I said, look at George Carlin. You can be an atheist and have better morals than like the Christian church. And I was defending. I don't think yeah. I made a full-blown defense of Satan. I think I just said that you yeah. can be a, be a more ethical yeah. Jesus-like person by being not religious than actually listening to what the church tells you. And that was my argument. And he did not like I think he gave me a D on my thesis. I think it really oh, messed shit. up my GPA. But it was because I was trying to be the biggest contrarian in the class, you know. Uh, uh, yeah, the the argument, especially in a university setting, a, an accredited university yeah. that's supposed to teach like philosophy and the humanities, yeah. you know, liberal arts and sciences, that you could argue that only Christians have morality, which I did hear from other professors. Yep, is is insane. That's in, it's amazing. <laughs> it's, it's like how. Yeah. No, the they, they just knew I was in, trying in to place. provoke people into dropping their faith or or questioning, and they really <laughs> did not like that. But they couldn't do anything because yeah. I wasn't gay, I wasn't do, drinking, I wasn't. <laughs> they couldn't get me on anything. But you know, yeah. Now I don't know how it is now, but I know there were a few professors at APU, especially in the English department, who were from normal schools that could engage in actual academic discourse about everything a college class requires. A few of us. Most, however, seem to bring the Christian view that the human condition, in all its wonderful complexity, was something to criminalize and fear. A student like Devo, who was pushing back against the typical evangelical worldview, should have been a delight in a class. I loved students like him. You want to push back? Let's dance. Bring it. 
on anything, really. We can talk about anything and at this supposedly accredited university. And sadly, Devo had a lot more of the latter kind of professor who forbid actual discourse on things like biblical criticism, human sexuality, and basic themes in great literature. But I will say, too, that's funny about uh, you saying getting in trouble with the Gay-Straight Alliance, because that was like, uh, that was how I also survived, which was that I, through the English department, and actually through my buddy Wes, who didn't even go to APU, but he had a lot of friends at APU. He was a fellow writer, and uh, he went to Fullerton, but he knew people who were like seniors. So I kind of, early on, I got connected with the older kids. There weren't very many people in my year who were very like, you know, more countercultural. But I luckily I found that small group of the artists and the hippies and, you know, the weirdos. And a lot of those people were, you know, were gay or later on came out as trans yeah. or whatever. So I yeah. found that weirdo hub. And that was where, as I was saying, it felt so weird, like that we all, we would all go to have parties. And I didn't even drink at the time. Um, I didn't even start drinking until probably my last year of college. And by then I was barely there. Um, but like, and I was over 21, but that was where like my one saving grace, the fact that I found the weirdo kids who are all, and that was where all the gay kids gravitated, all the weed smokers, all the kids who partied. And it was maybe a subculture of like, I don't know, 50 kids max and, uh, you know, yeah. that was my only way to hang in there. And even even some of those kids were very religious and very brainwashed, but they yeah. just liked indie music yeah. and they liked drinking beer. So <laughs> even you still had to be yeah. careful, even in those communities, yeah. because someone was still might be very much like Jesus freak, but they just like to yeah. drink. And but they still might like yeah. snitch on you if they thought, you know, you were like uh, <laughs> too demonic. So, but I remember that yeah. it feeling like, you know, like I said, it felt like you're, you know, Anne Frank hiding from the Nazis or something that oh, it's just, no, but for real, it's like, because there's legit, it wasn't just about, oh, we like to party and AP, it was legit like people were, you know, lesbians and they can't be open about it. And if our party gets raided, yeah. then, you know, they might kick, even yeah. if you weren't drinking, they kick might say, oh, well, we caught you with a girl, you know, you're there with your girlfriend and we know you're gay and now we have reason to kick you out because we caught you guys partying. Yeah. So, like, we really yeah. had to move in silence. <laughs> we had to really be careful yeah. about just hanging out yeah. and not getting in trouble. Yeah. I mean, you weren't going to be sent off to a death camp, but definitely... Of there course, were but it's still, it felt like so, there was a little underground um, railroad of the, like, you know, the... For LGBT. sure, you had to... Yeah, you there was there was a whole like secret subculture. I remember your freshman year seeing you like walking down the cougar walk with some of those kids and thinking, Oh, oh good. Oh good. <laughs> yeah. At least he found Devo found some people. Yeah, it took <laughs> me I a while. Them and, I was the whole time yeah. I was in the dorms, I didn't know those people. It was m- mainly towards the end of my first semester, I started meeting some of those people. Yeah. And you know, one one thing that was funny was um, you remember the English student Lily, uh, who I was I was hung out with a lot. Yeah. Shout out to Lily. Yes, I I just reconnected with her recently. It's been I hadn't talked to her in ten years, and she's doing well. She's a mom. She's killing it in her career. Yeah. But I remember kept in touch. that was like my first meeting with her was I had gone to one of these houses where, where the party kids lived and I was past, I had made zines and I had distributed the zines around APU yeah. and the zine, I wrote a story about my first day in college and it was like very much like 
stream of consciousness kind of, I was just documenting, like I went to this class and I sat next to a cute girl and like I made a joke and uh, it was very much like slice of life, like me coming to college the first day and all I want to do is meet cute girls. And I passed those zines out around the school. I just dropped them, like just leave them in the copy room or the print shop or leave them in the computer lab or whatever. And I remember like Lily, I was passing out those zines at a party and she was like, oh my God, did you make this? And I'm like, yeah. And she's like, okay, I found this in the print lab and I just have to say, I love it but you need to be careful because if they find out that you're passing this out, you're going to be in big trouble. And I was like, what the fuck? It's not even like dirty. It's not sexual. It's not violent. It's just like a wholesome, like uh, nervous, nervous boy who likes pretty girls and wants to get a girlfriend. And she's like, they're going to, if you even show any sexuality, like you're going to be in trouble. And sure enough, I had foolishly passed out those zines to my alpha group and again, the, they yeah. were not even in the story. They were not mentioned at all. But they end up having an intervention with me where they said, we all yeah. read your scene <laughs> and you're talking about being sexually attracted to women and you're talking about that you uh, are looking at women's bodies or you think women are cute and you just have to, you made us very uncomfortable and we and they like made me feel like a fucking sexual predator. Like I had written some rape fantasies or something. And I remember that they even put me on probation. Like my alpha leader would like put me on like a probation and then would have like weekly check-ins with me like so how are you doing with your struggle of women and like it was that really like messed me up like think that was the beginning of my college experience you know most people college is when you discover yourself and you probably stayed around and and I just got traumatized from like this was in within a the first month of college and I'm getting yeah. sat down and being made out like I'm a pedophile or something just because I wrote a short story about, hey, the girl in class is cute and I want to talk to her after class. And it like it messed me up for the rest of college where I was terrified of of like speaking my mind yeah. because I thought they'd label me a pervert again. You know, it was so messed up. Yeah. That's not surprising. The only surprising thing about your story is Lily being the morality police for you. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, <laughs> well, that she, not that not that she was a morality police, but like, yeah, she knew. She knew. The no, yeah. Landscape. Luckily, so, yeah. luckily, she she then she then inspired me to write more stuff, and I was just more careful about who I distributed it to. So that was a good right. that was a good scare she gave me, just where she was saying, "Be careful." But she yeah. called it. She warned me, and then like she told me on like a Friday yeah. night, and then like next week I was being you know sat down and told that I'm scaring the women, or you know it was very weird. Well, the only reason you were scaring the women was because you weren't the worship leader. Yeah, exactly. If, or I wasn't the alpha group leader. You, if I was the alpha group yeah. leader and I was saying, hey, baby, let's get married and have a kid by next summer, yeah. uh, then that would yeah. be romantic. Totally but, fine. Yeah. Yeah. No, but you're you're like the new freshman kid that um, doesn't get along with his roommate and doesn't seem to, to put his hands up in worship during chapel. So creepy, you know, uh, inappropriate. Yeah, exactly. Um, as As they saw it. Yep. But that messed me up for all from then on. I was just like, that was probably when you say I would come into class and I would look like depressed. Well, it was because of that because yeah. I really, I got a yeah. scare no, I remember early that. on. Yeah. And it was like, wow, I'm apparently an evil, creepy, you know, scary figure yeah. if I'm open about myself. 
And, you know, that's what sucked is when I went into college, I was so ready to like just express myself. It was like, yes, now I'm out of the house. Mm. College is my time. And then you get smacked in the face right away. So that's yeah, like you went to the wrong still college. Like yeah. long, <laughs> I still have like long term PTSD from that. I feel like that they just really like clipped yeah. my wings like really early on. Oh, it's purity culture. Yeah. Because yeah. I remember either you or Lily showed me the zine. Um, and I was like. Yeah, so like, yeah, I probably gave it, you a copy. Did, nothing stood out. You know, nothing stood out to me as like, you know, problematic or anything. It was just But when these girls like read you said, it, like a stream of consciousness. It's like you say when 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 you try to give an honest perspective of a man being attracted to women and just in a natural way and it's not framed as some alpha group saying Jesus told me that me and you should get married, yeah. like they get creeped yeah. out. They only they only want to be hit on by guys that are like can we pray together? And like, I was, yeah. I was just kind of, and again, it was not even like sexual. It was not like, Ooh, I want, right. I want to fuck this girl. It was just like, wow, pretty girl yeah. next to me. I try to make a joke. It bombs, you know? Oh, now I'm so embarrassed. It was like, yeah. it was, there was some pathos to it. It was, yeah. it was, it wasn't like you were stalking someone or, yeah, um, but they acted like I was Jack I the Ripper or something. It was wild. I was just yeah. like, wow. Yeah. Okay. You're not even allowed to be attracted to girls here unless, jesus is the one like yeah you know if you had just read that in chapel it would have been fine <laughs> yeah exactly if i would have said hey all the pretty christian ladies anyone want to get a baby Because so them many by... chapel speakers made references to pretty girls at apu and um, yeah that was what yeah or, or or complained about how scantily clad they were um Spe- speaking of creepy uh, guys yeah. can i bring something up which is kind of like yeah did you ever go to or did you ever have any experience with them, the church? In- okay, well, they were quite no. a big church. And, you know, I mentioned that I went yeah. to a youth group there. I used to go there when I was seventh, eighth grade, like the, the high school night or, or the middle schooler night. And we had a youth pastor there. And I remember, and there were other like, uh, there were other like volunteer like people that worked at the church service, right? And I remember one guy. Um, there was this girl, my friend was dating this girl there and she had come out of like an abusive family or something. I think she was in like a foster home or something. And she used to spend the night at one of these youth counselors houses. She was like 13 years old and she would like when we went, we, they would have a, a summer trip called Oasis at this church for the youth group. And he would be like cuddling on the couch with her. This guy who's like 21 and like cuddling with like this 13 or 14 year old girl who came out of an abusive family. And then oh. the pastor, the pastor's name was Doug and he had a wife. Um, but that girl, they would let live with. And, and that girl would tell everyone that she slept in the bed with Doug and his wife when she was like 14. And then after I stopped going to that church, he had, he, I heard he had to step down as the youth pastor. But I used to see him around APU. He would hang around APU and I would be like, and he'd already got kicked out. Of, and then he was just hanging out and getting coffees with people at APU. And I remember because he used to hate me because me and my friends would just want to skate. We would get dropped off there by our parents and then we'd leave and go skate all night. And he would catch us sometimes and be like, how dare you ditch church to go skate? So he didn't like me as a kid, but I used to see yeah. him around APU and I'm like, 
dude, didn't you get like canceled for having like a 14 year old in your bed and now you're hanging around APU and getting coffee? So like, that's the funny thing. This, I don't even think this guy worked for APU at all. I think he was just a visit, like, I'm just a, a guest preacher sometimes at chapel or whatever he was doing. But it was very funny that there was like a literal, like what I would call a definite Christian predator. <laughs> and he, at once he got kicked out of his church, he just was hanging around APU. He just turned the age up a bit. Okay, no more 14-year-olds. Now I'll, now I'll mentor 18-year-old Christians at APU. And it was so creepy. Oh, my God. Yeah. Well, and that, and that fits the pattern, right, of what we're seeing in evangelical culture with the whether it's the Southern Baptist Convention or all of the mega churches having sex scandals, yeah, uh, Hillsong, Mars Hill. Oh yeah, I mean, it's just it's not surprising at all. It's no, just because that what you were talking about when you were in college. So that was a good, you know, fifteen years ago. Yep. And yet here we are. You know now now the lawsuits, now the the firings, now the. Yeah, come, churches come crashing down, and um, and I've the guy I'm talking yeah. about. I tried googling him. I don't think it ever made the press. I think I I like it was never like an open scandal. You can't find an article about it. It was just that he I think he eventually quietly stepped down, but then he just went on. Oh, now I'll just go hang outside APU and and <laughs> I'll get paid to do guest chapel you know sermons and then i'll yeah. I'll, I'll hang out with 18 year olds instead of 15 year 14 year olds so yeah most of the lawsuits are like of the churches and these organizations covering up sexual abuse yeah and of so, course but that's what's yeah. so funny I'll, I'll probably take out i probably won't include the name of the church <laughs> okay um just for, but but yeah the story the story yeah, the story holds up. Well, so. well, ju- I mean, we can delete the name, but like uh, that guy, it was long ago he was kicked out of there. So I don't know, but uh, yeah, if you if if you, but uh, maybe it's you know if that's all they did, just quietly made him step down. Maybe people should know to be careful <laughs> around that church. I don't know. Well, yeah, well, in our community and on Twitter and stuff, we we advise people to be careful around all pastors. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> of. Uh, be wary definitely not not all but you know yeah definitely people who have that much power over their community yep d- deserve more scrutiny for sure definitely um yeah. and then yeah just given the track record of of clergy and pastors grooming and and assaulting and then covering it up it's it's a thing yep but but hey you know it's uh it's funny that it it's it's when they try to be sexually repressed. That's when you get all these creeps that end up doing the yeah. creepiest stuff. Cause they, well, right. And it's the legacy of purity culture yeah. for sure. And then, and then people get kooky and, and they start thinking that Jesus wants me to, you know, actually sleep with this person <laughs> because I'm saving them. I'm bringing them to Jesus. And you know, that's a, that's not a good mind state to have when you get a little yeah. too powerful over your community. Yeah. <sighs> So Davo broke the unspoken rule of admitting he was at APU, at APU to meet women, among other things. And the only thing separating Davo's zine and ex- an acceptable Christian piece of writing is Davo himself. He didn't smile a lot. He didn't sprinkle Bible verses into his speech. He was a contrarian who didn't get along with his roommates. So. His innocent piece of writing was seen as somehow dangerous and sinful. A worship leader can joke about being around cute girls at APU in Christian schools. An RA can talk about him how women dress 
probably too scantily for, for him. As long as he's complaining about it. But the fact that he notices women is fine. Not so for a counterculture guy who is questioning his faith. In fact, Devo was treated like students of color um, in that sense. Now, in these formative years in college, the shame and guilt heaped upon students leaves a mark. If you listened to Lena's episode, being dressed down for having a few drinks at the end of a stressful mission trip might have seemed like, seemed like a minor event in the grand scheme of things, but it added on to the trauma of an already traumatic situation of seeing someone die from AIDS. Now, poor Devo was just writing random thoughts of a first week of school because he was not part of the mainstream APU culture. And he got hammered. And it hurt. It damaged his creative soul. I could see it in his eyes. You can hear it in his voice now, to this day. It still hurts. And meanwhile, so many pastors and church leaders were grooming and assaulting their kids. And we're finding out now that it happened all the time. Churches covered it up. Again, as long as you're a white, Jesus-professing man, you'll be fine. Promoted, even. Invited to speak in chapel. Hmm. But, uh... But so can you tell? Can you catch me up to some of some of the latest drama? You you had mentioned that APU laid off forty percent of the faculty. Is there? I remember also I w- in the news. Uh, wasn't it a big deal? They fired that a theology professor when she came out as trans, or when he came out as trans. Yes, yeah, when he came out. Yeah. yeah, it was right after the the semester after I left. Okay. Um, I remember that vague. I, I yeah. remember. I never had a yeah. class with Donovan Ackley. Yes, um, was the was the I believe the chair of the um, biblical studies or theology, mm-hmm. beloved professor, one of the 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 preeminent scholars at the school. Yes, I remember. Um, I never took a class. It was she yeah. at the time, but I never took a class. But I remember yeah. her being a big deal when when I was there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so Donovan now is living a whole nother life uh, i've kept in touch okay and um yeah that, that was a shit show the way that the school handled it the the only thing and i write about this in my book was i helped him pack up his office and and get his stuff in his car so he could go uh-huh. and we so we had to make like whatever 10 trips back and forth between his office and the car and every time we had to walk the gauntlet through the the school of theology offices and just be glared at by you know a dozen different people yeah. who were sitting there working or passing through and like it was like the ultimate walk of shame wow. like people just like wow boo oh my god <laughs> they weren't booing but yeah. they were just no, glaring holding at us, you like, yeah with, like ew that's with so gross. such hatred and disgust in their face and i just remember thinking yeah this is christian <laughs> yeah you know it's so because it's so wild that you know they can have an entire theology department and and they miss the golden rule of Jesus, you know, that they can actually yeah. hate people. They can hate people for their sexuality yeah. or their gender or whatever. And yeah. that's just – it's mind-blowing to me. It's like you, how many crosses do you have in the school and you're missing the number one message? You're missing the golden rule. Yeah. Have you ever read the Good yeah. Samaritan story? Like what what are we doing right. here, you know? Like it, it – Yeah, yeah. It's It was, it was pretty amazing. Um 
these- yeah, not much else to catch up on because like I, you know, I didn't keep in touch with a lot of people. As soon as I quit, they disconnected my email, so I couldn't even say goodbye wow. to my department. Yeah, um, that's hard. So I've kept in touch with a few people, and I don't want to name them because they'll probably get in trouble. Sure. But a lot of them are gone. Most of the people I knew fairly well, yeah, are long gone from the school. So, um. So you mentioned before we started that it's triggering listening um, to, to this podcast. Well, just a bit. I just haven't. It's, a, it's something I've, it's a part of my life that I, sometimes I tell Swedes, you know, I, I will tell them about, but, but my line, my go-to line, cause in, in Sweden, there's no cons in Sweden, like people like the cruising altitude is, is Christianity, but no one really goes to church. Like not. And the people that, what they call them here is sex, like SEC, SEC, where there's a lot of these radical, uh, like cults, like, uh, far, you know, or it not, you wouldn't even be far right, but you know what I mean? Like very like Mormon type, like they have some denominations of Christian. I think one of them is called, um, something about God's word or, or something, but it's like they, they ended up, well, there was a documentary I watched about they, them breaking up one of these cults and having to get all the people unbrainwashed from the leader. So in Sweden, we have a bit oh, of a yeah. cult Christianity problem in some of the smaller towns. Um, yeah. But the way I always tell Sweden, we don't have this concept of private Christian universities. There's no such thing. Like if anything, all the Swedish universities, they, they've always been, like aligned with there might there might be 300 year old schools so they've always been a bit christian but not like overtly christian um but the way i always pitch it or tell when people ask me i have to explain i say that to me what apu is like it was like a glorified disneyland for like where like midwestern parents send their kids so to not if they don't, if they're afraid of them being becoming lesbians and pot smokers in California, yeah, liberals. Yeah, it's like yeah. if you have a if you're from fucking Louisiana or Texas or Georgia and you got a liberal daughter or a liberal son and they want to go to California, or Orange County. Yeah, or yeah, true. It's a lot of a lot of native Californians, <laughs> but still, there's you yeah. know you can just tell it's like a lot of people if they can't come from Flyoverville uh outside california it's that their parents are like well you can go to california but i don't want you to become one of them lesbians so yeah. we'll send you to the and then it yeah. ends up being a thirty thousand dollar a year like summer camp yeah. you know yeah and funny enough oh just to mention yeah. something on sweden i applied to be i did my master's out here in marketing uh so that's the one good thing like i kind of laugh about my apu degree because uh, of all the, you know, how polluted so many of the courses were with with Jesus stuff. Yeah. Uh, but um, uh, when I applied, I applied to a school out here called Uppsala University to try to be do a master's in English or English literature. And they rejected me because they said I didn't have enough English credits to qualify uh, for the because there, you know, you have six you've done six or seven mandatory Bible classes or theology classes. So like my credits were not enough to even like become an English major out here. I do a master's in English in Sweden. So that's one thing that's uh, like, you know, a bummer about that school is you go there, they make you take mandatory theology or Bible classes. And then you might, even though it's accredited and stuff, they might not even give you a degree that is recognized because they say, well, you took one semester of Bible stuff. You need another semester. You need three more English courses to qualify. So that was a big shock when I applied for my master's out here. Luckily, my business school 
let me in. Apparently, I had enough business credit credits to get in, but I did not have enough English credits to even study literature in in Sweden. It was it was a surprise. Well, it's probably a decent amount of cred if you say I came from an evangelical undergrad, and they'll be like, "Oh yeah, well he'll be great in business because." Yeah. evangelicals are all about the money well so, hey i yeah. study marketing and that's what an evangelical is right you're just a sales yeah sales person for all Jesus. about the marketing <laughs> you're getting that yeah, heavenly yeah. let that guy in he's gonna kick some ass yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was one of the weirdest things uh while i was there in the business department they opened the chick-fil-a yeah let's talk about the business department yeah okay well the i love yeah and, and for the record you know i I'm talking a lot. There were other cool professors in English. Uh, I'm, I'm free. The guy who was the poetry, was it Ellison? There was a guy who was nice. Uh, oh, Ralph. Yeah. yeah. He was cool. Uh, and I had an, oh, and I, I, re, I liked, uh, Engstrom, the, the chair head. He, he, he was nice yeah. to me. Uh, but he was still, yeah. he still had to play ball a little bit more because he was the yeah. chair head. So he had, he had to represent me a school. few times. Yeah. But, um, the business department, all I remember was that, it was like the year before they opened that Chick-fil-A across the street and they had Chick-fil-A, the founders come and they were, they yeah. were labeling it as like a business lecture. Like they were going to teach us something, but it was just one, like two, it was like a two hour long commercial for Chick-fil-A. And this was during the time mm. that, you know, Chick-fil-A was also like donating to anti-gay marriage stuff. And then the APU just rolled out the red carpet for them. Hey, look, look at these business geniuses from Chick-fil-A. And it was such an obvious like bribery, like dirty money thing of like they end up opening a Chick-fil-A across the street and they were like indoctrinating us to all be like, hey, guys, get ready for Chick-fil-A every every meal of the day going to. And didn't your didn't your meal plan count at Chick Fil A or didn't they have some kind of connection? Maybe you use your Cougar Box or something. I, at, I stopped. I, I think by the time Chick Fil A opened, it was like my last semester, so I never even got to enjoy the the chicken. So I don't think. I, but I would not be surprised if you could go use your your meal plan at Chick Fil A. I really because it was so. It was very clear that this was just like yeah. a business deal between the school and Chick Fil A. Like we're gonna put one right outside yeah. the Christian school, and the Christian school is gonna oh yeah, it's the perfect place. And then everyone will have. Their- I never went. You know, you put, you boycotted it. I I've never eaten Chick Fil A my whole life. Oh, I figure it's a chicken sandwich. It's I'm yeah, sure it's fine, but it, there's it is a good a chicken, chicken sandwich. sandwich. But yes, it's a good chicken sandwich. But, but it's not you know, worth. I've had Popeyes. I've had KFC. Yeah. I've had. Yeah, it's not worth uh, no, supporting like, like bigotry. We did we did almost have a Haven leadership meeting in Chick Fil A just because to troll them, <laughs> just to, just to say we did that. Yeah, that's funny. we planned we planned some events, but we couldn't. I think at the end of the day, we're like, I kind of don't want to even go in there. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. We didn't. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, tell me about the business school because like I write a lot in my book. The business school and I, the business school and me, feuded for the last couple of years. I was there. Really? Like, I literally had to apologize to the school, the entire school of business. Um, wow. Which is all in my book. Uh, we were at war, so um, I did not get along <laughs> with. Uh, I got along with the students. I just didn't get along with the professors and the the dean of the school of business. Ooh, yes, hated me. The, so. Was it a lady? I think I know who you're talking yeah. about. Yeah, I hated her. Yeah, I had a, a class woman. with her, and yeah. she hated me. I hated her. Her daughter liked me. She was in, her daughter was in my class. Okay, and was trying to like say nice things about what I was talking about, but she got pissed. So. All, all I remember about her was the class I took with her was like. It was some weird class, like about like 
personal economics or something. It was about like training you to be an adult. And I just remember like they would have weird things like you had to make a budget and it was like, and remember, always add in your monthly budget, 10% goes to tithing. So you're first going to want to yeah. take out 10% for the church. And then you, and, and then like they go, but I, yeah. it was always through that lens and it also pushing the marriage thing. Like, well, hopefully you'll all be married by the time you graduate and then you'll have kids and you'll get taxed. Like it was just this weird, like, uh, like where they were trying to even condition your, your love life and your personal life and your, so that was what was weird is like these classes where it was like how to spend your money the Christian way. And, and then you yeah. like, you're getting these weird brainwashing about like, so you'll be married by the time you're 23 and you'll be, uh, you'll be donating 10% of your income to the church for the rest of your life. And it's like, no, I, I won't be like, I, I like I was eight yeah, no, at the time. I'm like, okay, that's yeah. cool. That's my weed money or something. <laughs> I get like that. That's 10% gravy for you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. But I clashed. I don't even remember what I clashed. I was just being a troll. And that department had, I clashed with a lot. I think I might've had two classes with her and she hated me because I would always be that again, that, you know, class, well, not even class clown that, but that, you know, that, uh, <laughs> contrarian in the class. Um, I had one cool business professor I liked the, and the only thing, but, but I will say one thing that stuck, I don't remember anything. They didn't teach you anything good really. Like, so nothing where it was all, you know, took a like, uh, accounting class that was really like boring. Um, but I remember in one of the classes about like international business or marketing or something, and they just put a map up and they said, okay, let's talk about global business. Here's a global index of corruption. And as you can see, and like the whole map of like America and the West was like green for like no corruption. And then they have like China and it's like red and it's like lots of, and like, you know, Africa, China. And I just remember staring at it. I was getting more radicalized, like <laughs> becoming more of a leftist. And I remember sitting there and being like, all of this is bunk. Like, like, how can I believe anything you say if you're going to put up a map and say, like, America has no corruption, but, like, Africa, yeah, Africa's all corruption, and, and South America, Mexico, yeah. Mexico is, like, yeah. a 10 out of 10 corruption. America, we're good. We're 0 out of 10. And I was just like, how can you believe <laughs> What that? was Europe? Yeah. Was Europe green, too? Europe was, was green. Europe, yeah, Europe was green, except Eastern yeah. Europe, and then that was red. Uh, uh, but right. yeah, it, I just remember that. Yeah. But I will say there was one cool... One cool business professor, and the only reason he, he like he liked my writing. When we'd have to do business reports, I would like write an essay and give it to him. And I remember him encouraging me, just saying, "Oh, you're a good writer." Like I'm giving you an A on this paper. So I had like one cool business professor, but everything else, like it, like I said in the beginning, it was like Christian capitalists. It was like all the most like right wing and like you know, spoiled ki- macho white dudes with rich dads. And then they're like, want to go follow in their fall. Fo- it was a lot of that. Just a lot of like the worst of the worst of APU was in the business. Yeah. <laughs> like all the worst students, <laughs> let's just say the most yeah. evil, the most evil of all the students, the one who just really wanted to like exploit people and really yeah. did the Bible thumper thing. And were like, yeah. that was, so I really hated all the classes. I did not get along with the other students. I didn't get along with the teachers. Uh, I've cra- to your credit. The craziest thing I pulled off was we, in a marketing course, we had to do a, a Shark Tank type, type thing where we had to, and I was able to, it had to be a new business idea. And I was able to convince my group into doing something around legal weed. 
And we actually pitched that to these like Christian investors. So that was like the one miracle I pulled off. I somehow got, was able to convince all my APU classmates, my group members, like, yeah, we got to do it about the legal weed market because you guys don't have any better ideas. Yeah. And they didn't have any better ideas. So I convinced all these. Well, it's a guaranteed money maker. Yep. And so they got to like, and it, where there's money, there's God and Jesus. So exactly. Hey, but we got, I think we got a bad grade. I think they gave us a bad grade and then my group really hated me, but, uh, <laughs> no. but it, it was at least more fun. That was the craziest thing I pulled off. But yeah, I just remember that was where I blacked out the most, where I just really put on blinders. I would just show up to class and try to not talk to people because it was the worst of the worst there. The most the most vindictive, the most greedy, the most selfish yeah. APU kids were all angry. Yeah. Just yeah. Just and they and they're they're they were they acted like they were the persecuted ones because they're making money for Jesus or something. Yeah. Oh, yeah. true. Then they all. Yeah. They always had this martyrdom myth. Like, well, we're do we're trying to do a business while keeping our faith, and it's like you're just as evil yeah. as any other as any other yeah. rich kid. Like, don't get it twisted, you know. So. Yeah. Oh, you'll like this. Uh, some news from about ten years ago. The School of Business at APU lost their accreditation. Wow. Well, lucky me From that like I real- lucky me I got another degree because <laughs> that would suck if I had a, yeah. my only business degree was not accredited anymore. Well, they're they're accredited now through like a, a lesser accrediting board. Okay, you know, but but they lost. I think it was Wask. Um, wow, it was it was very it was not really widely reported. I only know because I knew someone on the inside. Oh and, wow. Um, so. Yeah, it, it was all kinds of shitty things going on um, on the inside. Well, I'm not surprised, as you would expect. I'm, yeah, I am not surprised. Yeah, it's and like that the is Trump a, model of doing business, you know. Yeah, they very much were. It, that that's just a great fuck way. People to, over and overwork people and don't pay them. Or, you know, that's or then pay a the wrong people. Great way to describe how I picture my classmates. It's like they were all like tr- It's like they all had invisible red hats on that weren't invented yet. It was like the <laughs> yeah yeah They're, they were the, the they were the precursor to the Trump. World, yes, exactly. Sure. And and yeah, and that was where it was just. And and so many rich kids, most the most privileged kids too, I would say, like very very white, and you could just tell that these kids had rich kid energy. You know, you could just tell that they just knew yeah. that the and that was what was horrible. Especially as I was saying, I grew up poor, and then like I'm the white guy with all these other white dudes, and they're all like the biggest br- business bros. Like, oh, I'm gonna go get a job in my dad's you know stock company when I yeah. get out of here. I'm just going to APU to get yeah. my degree. And those were actually those were the exact type of dudes that would prey on freshmen. You know, the, those those types. Those <laughs> yeah, the, they feel entitled to yeah to whatever entitled whatever to be millionaires, want, dominion over the land. Where God wants us to be rich, and God wants me to impregnate you before you're 19, and you know, put a ring on it by spring. You know. Yeah. Oof. We live in an era of unprecedented access to information, news, and media. But what happens when all that information leads you to suddenly realize you spent the majority of your childhood in a cult? Well, we can tell you. Join me, Jessica Goforth, and Kathleen Reynolds as we take you into the world of cult recovery after all the emotional, psychological, financial, and sexual abuse we experienced as part of Bill Gothard's Advanced Training Institute. On our podcast called Leaving the Village, we talk candidly about our journey out and interview other survivors whose experiences will boggle your mind. 
as scandals continue to rock the twisted world of IBLP. Subscribe to Leaving the Village today so you don't miss a single episode. Hey everyone, I'm Nate from the Full Mutuality Podcast. I wanted to take a moment to say thank you for tuning into this show. We're so grateful that you've decided to spend your time with us. Seriously, Dan, Gail, Jessica, Kathleen, Scott, and the rest of us here at the Dauntless Media Collective couldn't produce content like the show you're listening to without your support. I'd also like to invite you even further into the conversation. Right now, there are some great discussions happening over in the Dauntless Media Collective Discord server. If you're interested in chatting with other folks who are deconstructing and decolonizing the oppressive traditions that they came from, please feel free to hop on into the server. If you don't know what Discord is, it's a place where communities can gather online for chatting on a wide variety of topics. In our Discord server, we have channels devoted to general deconstruction conversations, some meme sharing, therapeutic venting about whatever religious bullshit you're currently dealing with, and even a channel specifically devoted to talking about the latest episodes of the podcast you're listening to right now. I hope you'll join us. You can log in directly to the Dauntless server by clicking the link in the show notes or heading to dauntless.fm and clicking the link in the top banner. See you there. I remember one of my one of my mo- like most laughable things was I was there when they built the new science center and I just and I yeah. remember they always said science. Yeah, science, quotes. quote unquote, <laughs> sci- and and they might as well have put uh quotation marks on it because that was what was so funny. They spent something like twenty million dollars or whatever building this new building in the dri- where the drive-in used to be. And then when I yeah. go take like biology one hundred and one, you walk in the building and it's a giant mural saying, "On the first day, God created the heavens and the and God created the heavens and, going, and the earth." This is a science building. Like, and you're yeah. you're you're welcoming everyone who sets foot in here. You're creating the you're like. Yeah, contradicting the accepted science of the how the world was formed. Yeah, yeah. and and it's just like okay, well, that's a great intro. Like for a, if a scientific <laughs> mind comes here to do, and then that's the first thing they see. Oh, okay, cool. So it's all it's all Christian science. We're gonna. Yeah, I taught a freshman writing class in that building, so they didn't. It wasn't just science. Okay, <laughs> I don't well, think there was enough science classes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> when when I saw how big that thing was, I was like. How many science classes are there? Yeah, AP? exactly. There aren't that many. Like exactly, it's like a three-story building. Yeah, <laughs> like, but you know, I do want to say, as much as so, I'm yeah. talking shit on all this stuff, I do want to say that uh, I do want to clarify that I do like I, I I now I'm a kind of a born again Christian, but I would say the joke I make is that I'm like politically Christian, like spiritually Buddhist, probably. Where like I don't believe in the heaven or hell. <laughs> I don't think that. Yeah. You know, there's an old man in the sky watching us. Um, but la- I'm very much like into the Eastern spirituality, but I still very much, I think, try to live my life with Christian ethics. And that's why I'm saying it, it used to disgust me so much going there because I was hanging out with the gay kids or, you know, the queer kids or whatever, or just just kids who were just a bit rebellious or, or secular. Yeah. And I just hated yeah. that we had to be demonized. And that was I was. APU turned me into a hardcore atheist from like, I hate God, I hate Jesus. But since leaving there, I've really rediscovered like the beauty of Christianity, at least Christian ethics and, and following Mm -hmm. Jesus's word, not the old Testament stuff, not the, uh, you know, not the whole, not the whole uh, earth was created in seven days. And, you know, God wants to smite all the evildoers, but I'm very much like, I love reading, you know, like the historical Jesus and like, or like at least reading the new Testament and, and trying to take those, like, I believe Jesus was a real person 
uh, and I believe that he was fighting the real fight. Like he was fighting like, you know, what I would consider leftist politics from like before that even existed. <laughs> he was going up against the evil yeah. Holy Roman Empire. And of yeah. course, nowadays it's, you know, that's what's scary is that the real historical Jesus has been subverted so much. And, you know, I, I follow some weird accounts on Twitter and stuff. And, you know, a lot of people argue that like modern Christianity is actually like already like the, the Vatican is the Antichrist, <laughs> like that we that we the Antichrist yeah. has already been here for a few hundred years and that they've subverted. Mm. Je- I'm, I'm not saying I'm going to go that far and say that, you know, yeah. going to church, but it sure is. APU is a place that will make you entertain those thoughts because you'll go, this is not yeah. a place of loving Christian generosity. This is a place of vindictive judgment and pure puritanical beliefs. And they also want to have it both ways. They want to be a liberal, cool college, but then they also want to persecute people for their sexuality or for not, you know, even I don't think you can even be another religion there. Can you? Could you be technically a Muslim kid that goes to APU? I, I don't think they'd even allow that. In the grad programs, I've heard of like Muslim students in like the nursing and education okay because that's different but yeah undergrad that'd be rough it's it's hard to even be catholic oh yeah ap you know for sure so i would say no generally yeah yeah uh not 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 acceptable but that's the irony because you have to sign the thing you have to sign a thing right yes faith statement to to go there yes it's a pledge you sign a pledge saying i will not drink i will not do drugs i will not have sex i and then i will go to church yeah yeah Uh, uh, and then there is something in there that's coded in a it's in a very strategic way but there's something where you have to sign saying you won't be gay which i I think is saying like yeah i will follow jesus like i don't know i will i will live a pure life free of yeah no sex outside of marriage especially no gay sex yeah funny one yeah they had to clarify that that also counts. Yeah, but I remember even though it's I, not P in the V, it's it's still <laughs> sex. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, unless you do the Mormon uh, soaking, if as you know about soaking, the Mormons do. Yeah, that's that's um, the one the dry dry humping. Yeah, um, no. Well, you can put the P in the V, but you just don't move, and then you just stand still. That's what the Mormons oh. do. <laughs> that's called soaking. <laughs> it's so weird, huh? I think they showed it once on a show about Mormons, like an HBO show. There's a scene. So if you ever want a graph, if you ever want a visual representation of it, but that's how the Mormons, that's the loophole they found. Okay. I thought, I thought you were going to say anal sex was the more. No, no. It's you put, you put it in, but you don't move. You just stand still. And then, and then you wait for Jesus to end it, you know, without any movement, but that's called soaking. And the Mormons do that. So APU should maybe, if the AP wants to get more progressive, they should allow, <laughs> maybe allow soaking. Uh, take, I think take a, we're going to have to write a new handbook for evangelical <laughs> colleges, yeah. Davo. I think that's our next. Exactly. Hey, we should collaborate on a project. Hey, I'm an to, English major. I'd love to rewrite that. I'd love to take a stab at the new uh, Pur- Puritan. And then we shop it around to all, you know, Oral Roberts, Liberty. Yeah, um, exactly. Pensacola. Take the new boiler point. Wheaton. Boiler plate. Biola. Did, um, yeah, because someone someone will buy it for sure. Yeah, didn't you? Did you not have to sign some sort of purity pledge as an employee? It wasn't a purity pledge. It was more of a theological, okay, thing. It's like I will said, like orient the you. Bible is the perfect word of God. Right. I will go to church and be involved. Um, yeah, so many people I know 
either just signed it and said whatever. Or I knew a couple of people that would cross out the parts that they didn't agree with. Oh, wow. And then sign it. Ballsy. Um, yeah, I, I was too much of a... I would pretend to just sign it and just be... Yeah. Like, yeah, just give me, give me my paycheck. Yeah. But where do you stand? Um, are you do you, are are you Christian? Would you say I I I mean I think you, no no I'm agnostic. Okay, yeah. I'm I am I am open to the mysteries of the universe. Right. I well, I would um, say I'm the same. So, like when yeah. I was saying I consider myself Christian, all I mean is that I've rediscovered the good sides of Jesus. If you if you look at him as a Martin Luther King type figure. But I definitely am yeah. not like, oh, I pray to Jesus. It's more like Jesus is a good like role model to have if you try yeah. to look. But I, but it doesn't mean I like pray to Jesus or. Uh, but that's what I'm saying. Yeah. I'm pretty like, I'm pretty agnostic. And though I mean, I've had some psychedelic experiences where you feel, you know, you really feel like you meet God. So that's where I say, if anything, I'm slightly more spiritual than agnostic. I feel like. If mm-hmm. anything, we all yeah. we're all God. Like we are all like uh, everything in creation. We're all interlinked, sure. and there's some divinity yeah, in every every living thing. Yeah, I yeah, yeah. Don't and there's sacredness the and um, goodness. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. And it depends how you define the terms and how you. Yeah, I don't know if you were you there when I gave my chapel talk. <laughs> that was kind no, of the beginning I don't of the think end so. I would have remembered. that. I got elected to speak in chapel. Wow, I. And the thing, the only only thing people remembered was I said nice things about gay friends, <laughs> but the close of my talk, I was basically said because I didn't believe in Christianity anymore when yeah. I was, but I, I basically said something exactly what you just said. I find divinity in in all the wherever there's love, yeah. wherever there's human kindness, wherever there's beauty, um, in art, um, is where I find God, and so, yeah. Exactly. Luckily, luckily, the gay thing overshadowed all that, and that's wow. Just, I got in trouble, but um, that's crazy. Wow. So, yeah. So you're you're living in Sweden now? Yes, though I don't know if I'll be living here much longer. I moved here ten years ago. Uh, I had a mental breakdown like ten years ago, right after I graduated APU, like just a nervous breakdown, uh, and then my life was in shambles in LA. But I was dating this Swedish girl, my ex, like long distance at the time. So she invited me to Sweden. She said, well, if you want to get out of America and start fresh, you can come here. And they have a thing where you can you can move here if you just cohabitate. You don't have to be married. So you can bring someone in the country if they're going to live with you. So I came on that mm. visa and that gave me free education, free health care. It gave me everything except being able to vote, basically. But I could get all the you know social wel- welfare stuff out here. So I moved here in February 2013, and then um, for a while I was just taking the Swedish courses, just trying to learn. I still don't speak Swedish well. It's it's uh, it's very hard to learn here because everyone speaks English so well. But I came ah, here okay. ten years ago. Then, like I said, I was lucky lucky enough. I got rejected from doing an English master's, but I got. Uh, accepted into a school called Stockholm School of Economics, which is like the top business school in Sweden. And I did my master's in marketing there. So I did that for two years. And then then I was working uh, mostly in-house in companies, being like their in-house creative director. But that was always nice. Mm-hmm. I got to like, I've, I've been like writing and directing in my career. Um, now I'm like between, dro- I broke up with my ex 
and then I had another mental breakdown this summer. <laughs> so I, I'm, uh-huh. my life's in shambles now. I'm very, I have so much debt. I'm never, I, I have so much credit card debt and stuff now. But the good thing is, this apartment I'm recording for my own it. So like I'm technically broke and uh-huh. in a lot of debt. But if I sell my apartment, then I'll be able to pay off my debt. Uh, but I've had a very rough year where my life fell apart out here. So I'm probably, I, I've applied, like I have a film project called Dirty Machines where I, it's a time travel idea that I actually got when I was still at APU. I, I had the idea since like 2010 and I've been writing it since I was at APU. And, uh, about two years ago, almost three years ago, I, uh, I made a short film out of it and it was well received. It became a Vimeo Hmm. staff pick. And then I was developing it with some Hollywood production companies. Uh, So like that's kind of now I'm now I got laid off from my last job in the most messed up way ever where I was in the middle of a breakup in the middle of moving and my bosses try to make me the first of all, they try to make me do all like 10 people's jobs. They made me try to be a one man marketing department. Then I started burning out and then they, they turned on me and they tried to make me the scapegoat or the sacrificial lamb of the company. And that's when I lost my mind when I had my bosses like gaslighting me and being like, you never told us you're burning out. Like you just stop coming to work. Like we're going to fire you if you don't come in the office by noon today. And I just lost all touch with reality because I was already like suicidal and at my lowest point, and these people kicked me when I was down. Luckily, I got a big payout. They're, they're paying me severance for I documented all of their abuses of me. And uh, even wow. though I was crazy, I had all the receipts. So I, I, I kind of called them out on their evilness. And then they had to give me a big settlement. So I have some cushion. Uh, but in my mental breakdown, I racked up a lot. And in my move and getting my own apartment, I, I've gotten a lot of debt. And... Um, so yeah, my life is a bit of a mess. I can't, <laughs> I had a good life going for me in Sweden. Though I will say, so I did my master's for free. I, that's something that's great. I, I, so I never, never got any debt from APU. Thank, thank God for that. I would really yeah. be depressed if I was paying off suck. APU tuition still. Uh, no, no disrespect to anyone who is, but like I barely <laughs> survived APU going there for free. If I was actually paying, I would yeah. think I would have blown my brains out in, in college. Uh, but. Oh God. I mean, well, you know, you saw how depressed it made me. I was super depressed to go there because I was a creative guy and an edgy guy or whatever. I like to push the envelope and that was the worst environment for me to be in. So I did not fit in there at all. But that's the things I got to, you know, count as my blessings is I got a free master's out here. So luckily I don't have student debt. And then I had an open heart surgery during COVID out here in 2020. Uh, I got COVID in like June 2020. My heart started beating really weird in July, and they like uh, I thought I was dying. And they told me, "Yeah, you need to have a cer- your valve replaced within the next six months, or you're oh, going to start like being out of breath." So, those are two things I can say. My life in Sweden is a bit of a wreck, but I was unemployed, and uh, when I had my heart surgery, and I don't have any debt from that, I, it would have cost like two hundred thousand dollars if I had that yeah. in the U.S. uninsured. Uh, and then I also luckily, so even though I'm about uh, I'm like twenty thousand dollars in in debt. <laughs> um, I can sell I can sell my apartment and still get some money. So I'm probably gonna move back to America next year. I, I I applied for a bunch of film grants out here. We have a lot of like public film grants and artist grants. So I'm kind of leaving it to the hands of God there. Where if uh, if I get film grants, that'll maybe be a reason to stay in Sweden. 
But if I get rejected yeah. from all those, I'm probably going to pack up my life here and come back to California because, uh, yeah, once I moved here for a girl, we break up and then in a breakup, you lose a lot. If you if you do the whole like uh, migrating relationship, most of your social life is that person's friends. So when I broke up, sure. I kind of lost a lot of my social circle. Uh, uh, yeah. So I've been going through a pretty bad depression and stuff out here lately, but I'm doing better. And that's why I really wanted to talk to you because you were always... Uh, I always loved hanging out with you. You kept me going at APU, so I thought it'd be so fun to face with you and <laughs> reminisce. Yeah, no, this is awesome, man. Like you, you kept me going in a lot of ways too. You, 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 and, and the gang. Yeah, um, well, we always knew you were our ally. Was... We were always like protect Okamoto, dude. We had to, oh. we had to try to always have your back, and like, uh, we never knew the ins and outs of what you were going through. You, you weren't. I think you couldn't really talk about it. We always knew that you were perpetually in trouble at APU. You were always at risk of being fired, but we would always try to have your back because you were our anchor to reality. Oh, and I felt that too. I I think that's probably why I just sort of gave up around 2012. Everyone was gone. All All the people, all the students that I really felt connected to graduated and, and good for you i was i was happy i was like yeah fly away run, yeah run don't look back that was and something then, i noticed there wasn't much of a new generation in our process like, no i was in the last like year of those cool kids and then i feel like there yeah. was never anyone younger coming up right it didn't uh they didn't get replaced by other bad kids yeah so um yeah or at least i never met them and so yeah i went from you know, hanging out with, you know, the sisters nine and Lily and that, that crowd. And oh yeah. Kristen and Ella Baker. Yes. Um, to, yeah, not having that. And then my own Asian club turned on me and they didn't want to talk about anything serious. Really? And, wow. Um, yeah. That's a bummer. The Haven kids were like really trying to like come out to the school and, and be a real club. And I kept telling them not to. Um, they wouldn't like come out. So they I just felt to like re- everything revealed that they were gay. They wanted to be an official, yeah. yeah, official club on campus, which I thought was a terrible idea. Um, who were never going to be? Yeah, they're never going to get acknowledged by the school. Yeah. No, if anything, you're just outing yourself to get kicked out, yeah, to get punished. But hey, or just yeah, scrutinized and yeah. Um, debated about your existence is what I thought. But anyway, it was fine. It was time. Time to go. I had to be a stay-at-home dad, and now I wrote a book. So nice. Um, I got to get that. I got to yeah. read that. Uh, I'll, it's coming out in April. So, okay, nice. Um, I'll be probably yeah. coming to LA around Make that sure time. Make sure you get one. Maybe we can grab coffee okay. and you can sign my copy. Yeah. I will absolutely. So yeah, I look forward to it, man. Because we'll definitely keep in touch for so, sure. Thanks. Thanks for coming on and hanging out, man. Yeah, thanks for having me. Like I said, I just, uh, now now that I've got this out of my system, now I, I think I'm going to go through your archive and listen to some. But yeah, I was you might have some PTSD nightmares tonight from the Instagram previews. <laughs> yeah. So, but it was nice to so. talk to someone, a fellow warrior of uh, of, uh, of the, the the rough and tumble Back Christian. In the day. Christian evangelical (laughs) so it's great to reconnect with you man and I'm glad to see you're still doing well and you and the whole family yeah yeah I wish you well man we'll be in touch cool all right take care I'll see you in LA hopefully next year yeah I was often worried about Devo during those days at APU and honestly I'm, I'm still worried about him He's going through a rough time these days, and if you follow his Instagram, 
he's completely open about his struggles. You know, from a tough childhood to APU to many ups and downs in Sweden, Devo has survived. And at times he has thrived. He's a creative guy. He's insightful. And he saw early on the bullshit of evangelical culture. I find myself rooting for him to find that thing in his life, to bring peace and, and, and success in his career to his life. And hopefully someday we will get that coffee or beer either here in LA or hell, fuck it, in Sweden. Yeah, I'll go to Sweden. So thanks again to Devo for coming on. Uh, we, we, I, I think we're like nine hours apart, <laughs> 10 hours apart, I forget. He's on the other side of the world, so it took some planning, um, and it was great to catch up. Um, I have such fond memories of those days and that group of kids. And again, shout out to Lily and Kristen. Um, I think you'll be hearing from them, if all goes according to plan, very soon, in season three, hopefully. So I'm going to end here. I'll have a wrap-up episode for the season. Uh, there'll be one or two more after hours. And then it's back to bookmaking. So, yeah, we'll, we'll see you next time on Chapel Probation. This episode was brought to you by Universal Healthcare in, in like, really real countries that care about their people, like Sweden, where Devo was saved um, without having to go bankrupt. <laughs>